Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Just a reminder to all you Rockfin subscribers, or those who wonder if now's the time to become a Rockfin subscriber, we are engaging in our second DNB XR Live Thursday on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And you can listen to us and watch us record this show. The free 30 will be in there. And then we'll move over to the XR. And then we'll even do a little Q&A. That's 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Tomorrow, Thursday, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And of course, if you're a patron subscriber, you just listen to the free show. You won't even notice the difference. It'll still be in your RSS feeds and on your favorite podcasting platforms. So with that said, let us get on to our first big story of the free 30. Binkley, take it away. Okay, so parents are suing a couple of school districts in Washington, or uh, in Wisconsin, excuse me, over recklessly exposing their children to coronavirus. Now, these two parents, they're from different parts of the state in Wisconsin because they're not actually the ones who are behind it. It is a super PAC that is behind it, a Democrat super PAC, which I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. But the school boards of both schools in question ended their COVID mitigation policies that had been in place the previous school year, which included mask requirements, and they did this in defiance of the CDC recommendations, according to the lawsuit. The lawsuit blames the lack of safety measures for allowing the virus to spread, saying that the school districts and its board are knowingly, needlessly, unreasonably, and recklessly exposing the public to COVID-19, endangering public health. And Both of the lawsuits claim that the unmasked students exposed their sons to COVID with one of the mothers being told that there was somebody in her son's class who was infected and that quarantining was optional. She later found out that others in the class had been infected and claims in the lawsuit that it was just a super, super spreader event almost. And What they're doing here is they're weaponizing the legal system because, as I said, it wasn't the parents that were behind this. It was this super PAC that is called the Minikew Brewing Company Super PAC, which is led by a guy named Kirk Bangstad, who ran for the Wisconsin State Assembly last year. And he put out a call for parents who were angry to come to him so they could put together a class action lawsuit against the Wisconsin school boards. See, here's the issue with that. Maybe they're changing the fundamental legal principles of this country after all, but they would have to prove that the kid got it. And I would take that all the way to the point of proving infectiousness or determining the true nature of this illness, which none of which would stand up to my standards as a juror. Yeah, that's exactly what I the way I was thinking about is how are you going to prove that this kid just the lawsuit just claims that a kid without a mask gave the other kid the virus. You don't know that. They don't know that. So how are they going to attempt to prove that, or how how are they going to attempt to argue otherwise so that they don't have to prove that? So it's a civil case, though, right? 
It's in federal court and it is a civil yeah, case. They're not trying to put anybody in jail. If you try to put somebody in jail, it's very expensive. It's very high standard. If it's a civil case, it's usually just the preponderance of the evidence. But even then, I would say like with a tort, if you're suing them for damages, you have to prove pretty convincingly that you that that person caused your damage it wouldn't have happened anyway that would be a very hard thing to prove i i i actually welcome a jury trial with a live streaming url like i always want from every single solitary government action i want them all to have cameras and microphones everywhere they go and i want every single camera and microphone to have its own dedicated live streaming url that cannot be interfered with so if we saw that then we would actually get to see the proceedings and maybe see their evidence rise or fall on its merits right instead of maybe some activism taking over which we won't be able to see if it's not live streamed like that well maybe it's a setup on both sides and they settle which would not be a very good thing to have out there because when you settle, it makes it look like, you know, when you plead guilty or you settle the case, it makes it look like there was something there. Even if they settle it for a dollar, the damage will be done in the court of public opinion. It is already kind of. I don't know if they're going to want, if they did settle in this case, it would surprise me because this seems like an activist action. The goal that Bangstad, that's quite a name, Bangstad, he said is to hold to account these school boards who are anti-science and anti-mask. So this is like a Netroots Nation, Stacey Abrams type, let's get attention to this cause move, but let's get attention through the legal process. This is a weaponization of the legal process for advocacy purposes. Absolutely. And um, I, I, was, I would actually wonder if there's the flip side where if they force you to get the vaccination and you get sick, are they responsible for that? Or are they insulated from that? The way vaccination companies are insulated from damages. I wouldn't surprise me to see a lawsuit pop up like that to counter this one. See, but here's the thing. If if you can only get sued for for someone getting COVID and you can't get sued for forcing people to get the vaccine, how do you think the policy is going to go? Very good point. All right. Local school boards staying with school boards they're emerging as the hot races in the November election. And this really, when you think about everything that's going on with the school boards, is one that is pretty obvious to see coming. These school boards are lightning rods of controversy. People going to the school boards to challenge the mask mandates, fights breaking out, or at least the media says there's fights breaking out. Usually it's pretty peaceful in its discussions. But what's going on now is these school board races, these seats that are opening up, are going to be challenged across the country. So we're localizing the vitriol that we're seeing at a national level. And I, I think it's you should challenge if you have a problem with your local school board and you want to run for office, you should, because that is what the other side does. That's what communist takeover, Marxist tactic. You go to the local level, you take over the school board, you try to implement the policy that you want at the schools and get the type of education to take over the minds of the children. And what's happening right now, it's really pretty interesting, is the right is taking a page out of the playbook of the progressives. Like Stacey Abrams, she's done this for over a decade. She's created these organizations where she's trained people in activist tactics, and she's trained people to run for office, people who never wanted to run for office or have no experience running for office. Well, conservatives are now doing that across the country as well, and they're also organizing They're organizing trainings and they're also organizing state-level recruitment campaigns, encouraging newcomers to challenge progressives at local school boards all around the country. But it aren't isn't the FBI and Merrick Garland trying to 
pigeonhole those people as domestic terrorists. Just yes, he thing. is. And that is the this, First Amendment is like a sign of a domestic terrorist, I guess, like the Fourth Amendment, Second Amendment. Second and Amendment. that's where this kind of I think that's probably partly an attempt to stop that effort for them to run and also demonize them. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because it's going to give more material for the FBI or for people to say, hey, look, it's a domestic terrorist because we're going to start to see campaign ads that come up. So we see these national campaign ads that are just horribly mean and just really bad, but it's always negative. We're going to see that at the school board at the local level. I mean, that's kind of crazy to see hateful campaign ads everywhere at the most local level that you can think of just about. And that will end up being evidence for someone to say, see something, say something. Look, there's a domestic terrorist. He just put his ad out. He's running for the school board office. Here's an example of what is being taught at one of these organizations. This is a group out of Ohio called Ohio Value Voters. Their website coaches parents to show up in groups of 30 to employ a tsunami strategy to raise hot-button social issues and disrupt school board meetings. So that right there, somebody on the left could say, hey, look, Garland, this is exactly what you're looking for. Come get this website. When the reality is, the left at Netroots Nation and other places train doing the exact same thing. So the government and the media misconstrue things on the right or or approach things on the right and represent things on the right. And I don't even want to call it the right, but whatever. Yeah. Differently from the way they do the stuff on the left. I mean, the way January 6th has been handled, they could have taken any BLM protest and made it look like that with all the shenanigans they've put on this for the past 10 months fabricated videos, every other thing. Like, so, and you got to ask, why is the FBI? Why is the government? Why is the media even the super rich, the globalists? Why are they so right, uh, left bent? It's not because they care about justice or they're all trans. Like, it's not that at all. They have an agenda and the left serves it because it's centralized power, centralized money. It changes the way people are educated. They're not educated as individualists. They're not educated to be civilly or civically engaged. They don't have that, that they have that collectivist mentality, which is exactly what centralizers want. Yeah, I fear that this is a way to get the fighting we see in the digital world to manifest in the real world by taking these fights to the local level, a divide and conquer tactic. And even if they don't, if even if they're totally well behaved, they will then turn around and be reflected back onto the digital space as being January 6th-ish. Good point. I went to the Braves game last night, the playoff oh, fun game. fun for you. They won the series, the playoff series. It was fun. Did, did Was Brandon there? Did you guys let's all go chat, Brandon. let's go Brandon? There was let's go Brandon there. Absolutely. <laughs> It I'm was totally hilarious. calling Biden Brandon now. Right. It was fantastic. I started seeing articles pop up because I'm just waiting for that to be the racist let's go Brandon meme or whatever they're going to call it. I went to a restaurant after the game. So the Braves had this one of these like work, play, live areas around their stadium, which is really pretty cool. It's the first time I'd been there. But we could not get into any of the restaurants after the game. It took us probably 30 minutes. And the reason wasn't because they were all filled up. The reason was they all had lines, long lines, but not all the seats were full. They were blocking off certain sections of it. And the reason was because they were short on staff. So every restaurant, there's a long wait to get into, yet there's seats and you go in to sit down and it is crowded, but it's not full because they only have one or two servers working. We got into this place and it was delicious. It was, I can't remember the name of it. I would give them a plug because it was really good. But 
they had one server for the entire patio and they had two bartenders. So they had three people that were serving a lot of people. And they even had a sign put up that said, please be patient with our servers. We're incredibly short on staff and there's only so much that we can do. Now, that server who worked the patio made a killing. There's no doubt because people were celebrating. They were happy and she did a great job. But this shortage is real, man. They really are hurting the restaurant industry. And you attribute that to vaccinations or because of the STEMI checks? Probably a combination of both. STEMI I mean, checks, most likely, because they're try- they're propagating right now. They're telling people not to work in the restaurant industry because they deserve better is kind of the messaging that I'm seeing. Oh, which you, you can make so much money in the restaurant that's industry. That's crazy. Unreal. I made, I worked as a waitress for years, many years ago, and I remember I was obsessed with how much money I made, and I would count it and count it and count it. It was cash, and I always made $17 an hour on average for the whole week, $17 an hour, and I was like 17 years old. It was freaking amazing. So there's, I, I, they have been targeting any surplus wealth from car ownership to home ownership to the kind of money that a blue collar gal can make working in a restaurant or I, I expect construction workers will be next. I really don't know, but they're definitely doing something with labor shortages. They're doing something with supply chain interruption. They're talking about it's like the lack of truckers that's involved in the supply chain, whereas in the UK, they're saying it's Brexit. China, for some reason... Isn't that the beginning of the supply chain? They're suffering from supply chain problems. They're suffering from power outages. All these phenomena are descending worldwide, just like the COVID policies came down all around the world. And it is a fundamental transformation, not only of our society, but of the entire country. Absolutely. And I would say this. I would say that now is the time for somebody to go get a job in that industry because you can make a killing while there's nobody else working. You'll have to work your butt off. But until they change it, those people who are actually working are going to make a lot of money. This is what I was thinking. I have an awful lot to say about what's happening with Southwest Airlines, with Texas, with the federal quote so-called mandates. One of the things, though, is there's this big like apology Apologia, or whatever you would call it, in the Wall Street Journal. There's a big article in the Wall Street Journal where the union, which I know you're familiar with, maybe it was the same statement as you referred to before, or maybe it was a new one. I'm not sure. But the union came out with a really long or a, a comprehensive statement about why Southwest Airlines is having problems staffing. Now, why is this something the union would put out? Southwest Airlines isn't commenting on the union's numbers, their rationale, nothing. They're not commenting on the, what the union is. So the union's putting themselves out there because there probably can't be too much backlash on them. The airline is not. But what the union is saying is... Is there's all sorts of fatigue. There was uh, scheduling problems, all this kind of stuff. Southwest had a peak flight slate of flights in August. They've backed off in the fall, yet now is when the shortages are coming. The union says that 32 pilots called in with fatigue on Saturday and 68 on Sunday. This was supposed to explain the cancellation of 2,000 flights. So one quote, there's just one or two actual passages I will read you. This is what the union says. What the figures don't show is evidence that pilots have been calling out in protest of the airline's airline's plan to mandate the vaccine in order to comply with new federal rules. I want to touch on those in a second. That theory has gained traction among some politicians, commentators, and social media users. But while Now, isn't that a weird thing for the union guy to say? Why would he say that? That's a political media commentary thing. That isn't what you say. What you say when you're leading an organization is what you know. 
He says, but there has been backlash to the mandate from some employees. Both the union and airline management have said there is no evidence of any coordinated action. And the company had no immediate comment on the union's data. Now, they may not, the way they said it, there's no evidence. The figures do not show this. Well, figures don't show it, but there are plenty of statements of pilots who say that they are not allowed to come out and the union will not come out. But that is what's going on. It's coordinated. So they feel like we're coordinated action in there. So it's kind of like the widespread voter fraud to try and kind of manipulate the, the message there. Well, the pilots say there, I read something that said the pilots said they were not allowed to coordinate the action, but it was spontaneous because they're all of like mind. They understand each other. They don't, I know it. You could just listen to this show. You don't have to coordinate. You just have to know what you're supposed to do. And that's you see how someone else do it and you do it. It gives you confidence. There you go. So, and maybe that's why the United Airlines didn't have this experience. I still think it's a little weird that it didn't happen at United or it didn't get press coverage at United, but it's getting it here. And Southwest Airlines is in Texas and Texas is where there's some pushback and the ATC air traffic control issue was in Florida. Florida is where there's some pushback. That's kind of interesting to me. But uh, this was a little tidbit at towards the end of the article. The union sued Southwest in August stating that they made unilateral changes in working conditions and even updated their suit to object to Southwest's implementation of the vaccine mandate, and they sought a temporary restraining order to uh, block that and other policies. They probably couldn't get away with not doing that. That's probably what the pilots absolutely would demand, but they just slipped that in there. Obviously, there's a major issue if they're going to put it into a lawsuit Hopefully they're successful, but I bet it's not a lawsuit they really want to succeed. And and they said uh, they keep talking about the new federal rules. I'd like to touch on that. They also say that they are trying to they're hiring thousands and thousands of new people. And my observation was and this I absolutely predicted and I'm sure you could see it coming too. oh, a year over a year ago that. What would happen if uh, if the vaccine were the objective here? So over a year ago, year and a half ago, we were still wondering, is it just about the vax? Now, it appears to be that this whole thing was just about the vax. There's a lot, there's some other stuff, the virtualization of everything, whatever. But the vax is so important to this process that these guys are trying to descend on us. But so now you have pilots who aren't going to work because they're unvaccinated. Where do airlines, I don't know if you know why that we have the best airline pilots in the world. It's because we recruit them from the military. So it's really corporate subsidy that the military trains the pilots and the pilots move on to the private sector. But I think it contributes to our amazing safety record. But since the military, the, the people who are available in the military are the ones also who are not vaccinated. So there's this massive shortage, right? So what are you going to get? You're going to get a really high bidding war from the airlines to get guys not to re-up in the service, which I don't really care about. I, I think that they don't so much need people anymore the way they used to. I think that's part. all of this is part of labor downsizing. And it's also part of making us a second-class country. It's what they did to Cuba. It's uh, what probably they did to Russia back in the day. But... They will then, these vaccinated pilots will be able to command, at least in the short term, such a tremendous amount 
of money. It will be really like a Vax apartheid thing. It will really be real discrimination. And it, it reminds me very much of racism where they'll say, well, you are physically incapable of this job because you make other people sick. Like they would say minorities have lower IQs would be one of the old canards that they use to justify race-based discrimination or cultural impact or whatever. So this a contagion of, of one person to another. It's really, really smacks of eugenics for the highest order. And uh, there was a, a couple of really, I think, spot on observations I made in another article. I feel like maybe we should push that article into the last big story of the free 30. So if you have a response, then let's do that. I just wanted to ask you if you saw the fact check or the image of the Southwest Airlines employee flying a don't tread on me flag from the cockpit, not of a plane in the air, the plane is on the ground. Well, the fact check from Snopes says, did a Southwest Airlines employee fly a don't tread on me flag from the cockpit? And the answer is research in progress. <laughs> How, why even put that up there? Because they want to go ahead and make people feel like it's going to be debunked, I think. I think that's a little bit of a psychological thing. If you see that Snopes is fact-checking it, you're probably, oh, I knew it was fake. And the fact-checking is now becoming part of the story. Yes, it is. So there it drags it out a little bit, and then maybe maybe once in a while they'll throw <laughs> you a bone, and they'll, they never, ever don't debunk it. They never check the facts and say, you know what, it's true. I wonder if they'll ever say this is true. It says unproven across the photo. They might. I mean, I expect them. I think they're leveling up on the conspiracy debunking treatment that they give it in the media. And usually they'll have to have a little gimme in there for that. So, yeah. All right. So for the last big story of the free 30, I want to tell you some of my insights from I think they're they really validate some of the suspicions I've had of the nature of the conspiracy surrounding the world in general, but with the example of the VAC. So let's get to that in the last big story of the Free 30. But before we get to that, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the DNBXR. You're going to tell us why it's good to be Hunter Biden's bro. I mean, not his actual bro, but no, you know, no, no. his bro bro. His yeah. actual bro isn't doing too well. And then <laughs> then he gets your wife. So not his actual bro, but how why it's good to be Hunter Biden's friend. Yes. And I will tell you why I think Brandon is pushing the Trump vaccine. So there's think about that. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. Actually, it is the sponsor of all of the shows this week. And I am, I did put a little package together if people want to sponsor this show, mostly because I, I really have absolutely no idea if it pays off. But I know that people sponsor the show because they love the show and they want to be part of the effort. And that that is where we get our sponsors. So if you are interested in that, I have a little package together for a week or it's a four day week. Email me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com and I'll let you know the details of that. But this is an old friend, doesn't have to email me for any details. He's a continuing sponsor of the show, the True Hemp Science Guys, specifically Chris. That's he's not the only one. And I just want to let you know that he's running a special for our listeners. 
So if you are familiar with the qualities of CBD, then you know what good CBD is. And if you've had any interaction with Chris and True Hemp Science, you know that there is no higher quality CBD. There's no better guy selling it, in my opinion. And in all of the reports I've gotten from people. So now is your time to re-up because you can get 40% off a 10 milliliter bottle of number 23 full spectrum CBD MCT oil when you purchase any product for more than $43.99. So if you go to truehemscience.com slash prop report, you should just get that automatically. But if not, um, you put the stuff in the basket and use code prop23. And if you haven't tried CBD products before, go in there. If you're not sure if you want the oils or gummies or any of that kind of thing, go get some of their really fantastic skincare products or their really cute t-shirts and take advantage of this offer. And that's a way that you can just use it every day until it's gone and see if you notice any of the effects that other people who enjoy CBD products notice. Anti-anxiety, better rest, anti-inflammation, Whatever. You let us know. We like to hear the testimonials. And if you like this show, I will ask you this. Almost everything, not almost everything, but more than half of what we do is free. And it's for, and we do it because we get the word out. For years and years and years, we didn't even, uh, certainly didn't make any, any ends meet. But we do it because it's a critical time right now. And the propaganda is overwhelming. It's very hard to sift through. It's aggravating. Nobody wants to read it themselves. So we read it. We sift through it. We leave off the stories. Maybe the very top headlines sometimes don't make it on this show because it's just a distraction. We curate it. We pull back the curtain. We analyze it for you. Not because people listening are shocked and amazed by that there's really this going on in the world, but because you want to know the facts, you want to know what's going on because you have conversations to have with people at work, with your kids, with uh, uh, people who you interact with in in your community who you would like to have a different side of the facts. So educate yourself. We were going to help with that. Even if you don't have time for the extra content, we put out a lot, a lot of content. Please go ahead and sponsor us anyway. Join up for patreon.com slash propaganda report. Go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Open up your options. There's so much more content there on Rockfin or on our Patreon. And you get to interact with us, communicate with us directly every single day. I check my patron messages first thing every single morning. Every once in a while I get behind, but I, I try to always get to them all. So if I've ever missed you one, you let me know. And, and now, without further ado, let us get to the last big story of the free 30. So it's really a continuation of the last story before the break, which is, okay, so the governor of Texas, Abbott, said, made a mandate, we talked to this yesterday, said employees cannot require vaccine. Private employees can't require vaccine. Now, this is a problem for employees, employers who think that Biden has mandated that they get give the vaccine. And, and actually what Biden said was in his executive order that OSHA is working on a rule for companies that employ over 100 people. That rule has not come down yet. So I think it's late. I think that I, I could, maybe it came down and I didn't see it. I, I tried to do the research. But anyway, I looked at the executive order and that's what it said. And I've heard people say that it is not yet the law of the land. 
also in one of the articles I read about the Southwest Airlines is that it's about future contracts. So if you don't have a vax mandate, or I guess, I guess really it should be read that if you have employees who aren't vaccinated, that you can't get future federal contracts. So Southwest Airlines supposedly have 3% of their current revenue comes from government contracts. So it wouldn't even affect those. It would affect only going forward. And with the higher price of pilots and other staff that we just discussed, I can't imagine that they couldn't do better by just walking away from the federal contracts and being the competitive center for uh, unvaccinated, just giving a, giving a testing option. They could have they could pay less and more than make up for that revenue. So I think for sure there's something else going on behind the scenes because they, among others, have said that they are not going to abide by the state law that conflicts with the federal mandate. Now, in my mind, the state law should should defend you. They should send in uh, the armed forces to defend you from a federal mandate like that. I don't know if it's going to come to that. I doubt it. I think it'll be fought in the courts. You mean instead of sending them in to check your vaccine card and potentially even be the enforcers of it? Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's going to be a conflict because the feds might have to do that, right? They're doing it in schools. The National Guard, is that run by, I mean, it's called the National Guard, but I feel like that's a state thing. What are you Do you know, like, which is your military service that is controlled by the governor? The governor calls in the National Guard, right? Is that just your state? They call up the, is there like a Missouri National Guard? or is There it, is a National Guard for each state, I believe. Yeah, I thought so. So I don't know how it would work exactly. It says uh, the National Guard serves a dual role in the U.S. military by serving the community and its country. Most of the time, it's under the control of individual states with the governor acting as commander in chief. Yeah, so it would be the National Guard versus the Army, maybe? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it works, and I'm not going to act like I do, but I'm sure somebody does, and they will. I will get some messages on this, and hopefully we can address it tomorrow. But there were two items I wanted to point out. So these are two quotes from an article in Wall Street Journal. It says, uh, Partnership Chief Executive Bob Harvey said that most of the major businesses he represents supported a federal mandate. Listen to this. Because it would take the onus off businesses to enforce workplace safety measures they support and would eliminate competition between businesses and their vaccine requirements. The business owners who opposed it were largely those with rural workforces who feared they would lose employees if they required vaccines. So it's openly meant to eliminate competition, best practices, consumer choice, labor choice. It's openly meant to foil competition. That is what government does. And this is the result. You lose your power of of the of your shoe leather i mean you're you're there's a vote in every every job you take everything you buy and he doesn't want you to have it and that and is biased against rural companies well i mean it seems like it's going to impact them but here's another one houston methodist ceo mark boom said and that's a hospital said he is grateful the hospital mandated vaccines early listen to this Grateful the hospital mandated vaccines early so that it now knows all its employees are vaccinated. He worries for other Texas hospitals that may not have full compliance yet. So he thinks there's a chance that this thing won't hold up. So he's glad he faked out his people 
and fired the people who were vaccinated and hired only vaccinated people because if the mandate fails, he'll have gotten, he's tricked everybody into getting the mandate and other hospitals won't. That's just the first part of the sentence. Then he says, listen to this audaciousness. Holy cow. Tell me if you can tell what is wrong with this statement. He says, as healthcare workers, we've taken a sacred oath to do no harm. Part of the oath means doing everything possible to prevent the spread of disease. I got to take this part. A sacred oath to do no harm. Do you know why they don't? And I'm not sure the Hippocratic oath would be a sacred oath, but do you know what maybe any oath is if you swear to God, but do you know why they don't say, well, do you think they do take the Hippocratic oath anymore? No. They don't. And I think it's because of abortion, because historically, like over hundreds of years, thousands, probably abortion was considered a violation of Hippocratic Oath because the Hippocratic Oath is first do no harm. And then he says part of that oath means doing everything possible to prevent the spread of disease. But I I don't think that's in that oath at all. I assume he's talking about the Hippocratic Oath. Prevent the spread of disease? Maybe. I'll have to look into it, but I think he's making shit up. That is interesting, though. He can make stuff up because most of us aren't familiar with what's in it. So he can just say that stuff and we go, okay, that's a doctor, so must be so. It was worse. The first part of a sentence, and that's bad, but his first part of the sentence saying that he's glad that people, that he got so many people to fall from the bluff, really. I mean, that's outrageous to me. Outrageous. That's in the Hippocratic Oath. You must bluff people working in your hospital. You said something uh, interesting a second ago about the if the vaccine mandates fail, which I, I think that there's a possibility that, that they might. That is going to cause some serious backlash among those who felt forced to get it. I think you're right. That could cause some real conflict. Maybe, or they could be vaxborged, which is the expression I used, where then they feel like they're under the wire and they get pissed at you for not. You know, it's you. Why, why did you get away with it? It's like because I stood firm. And they're like, but I was the team player. Maybe that's why the 2017 SPARS document from Johns Hopkins says we have we have to evaluate at the highest levels whether the president should make a statement thanking people who got the untested vaccine early for the sacrifice they made. I mean, it was a prospective document, but boy, has it been tracking item by item. But I have speculated all along that the that the reason that they push, 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 push is because they don't think or know that the vaccine will stick. Now, these could be plans A, plans B, whatever, but they've got plans and plans and plans. So with that. Yes, they do. I'm going to give it a wrap and I'm going to tell you about. A plan one of our listeners and patrons has. I love to give the shout outs. I like to tell people what's going on, where they can support people in this community in their efforts to do what we care about, which is fight back on the mandates, on bad policy, just on illiberal, and I mean that in the classical liberal sense, unfree policies. So Travis says, uh, and this is Travis is from reptile dysfunction the blog and also the podcast and we've talked to him travis says i'll be continuing to show up at the missoula county courthouse on saturdays at 10 a.m mountain standard time to protest the man's mask mandate for my kids which was just extended last night at the school board meeting i'm part of a group called humans for truth there have been people doing this before i started showing up they will continue we will continue and we hope this has a chilling effect on those who push the stuff down on us. So that is the Missoula County, Montana courthouse on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Look for Travis. Maybe every, I, 
I don't know if he has a propaganda report t-shirt. Maybe I should send that. That's one. fantastic. I want to read a comment that we got from Joel on Rockfin. He said, HB 702 in Montana made mandates illegal. And he says he's really happy about it. And they go under the radar somehow. Found that mask mandates? Yeah. Or vaccine mandates? Ma- mask. Made, it just says mandates, actually. So if you're listening, Joel, what kind of mandates? All or specific? And, and you know what? Travis would know the answer because he's such an activist. Awesome. Well, you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DNB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Check us out there. We will talk to y'all in the DNBXR or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day.